Welcome to Plugged Into Christ. I am your announcer, Zaven Grady. We welcome you to this weekly podcast hosted by Pastor and Teacher William Polis. Today, Pastor Polis is continuing his new series entitled Acts, the History of the Early Church. With part four, which Pastor Polis continues in the book of Acts from chapter seven to chapter nine. Our hope and prayer is that you'll be blessed in the gleaning wisdom and knowledge from the Word of God. Now here is Pastor William Polis with part four of our weekly podcast series, Acts, the History of the Early Church. I want to personally welcome you to this podcast, uh, Plugged in, here, Plugged into Christ. Uh, you know, sometimes we get bogged down with things in this world, um, but I want you to know that in John chapter 3, 16, Jesus is speaking with the, a Pharisee, a man who is a, a wise man uh, named Nicodemus, and tells him that uh, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that who shall believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now Jesus tells us that to store up heavenly things that will not rust or be subject to plundering by robbers and thieves, not the things of this world. Jesus tells us, that the things of this world will pass away and are useless in the kingdom of God. And so too are our own attempts to justify ourselves in the face of God uh, because they are really uh, filthy rags. Christ died for us as a sac- he died for all of us as a sacrificial lamb so that we can stand in glory and justification before God. Let us thank God for, with praise that he came to take away the sins of the world. Now let's begin with today's podcast. We pick up the story in Acts in chapter 7 with Stephen's address. Stephen was, uh, the reason for Stephen doing the address is to speak to the lineage of the Jewish people to God. How there's a link that God chose the people to show the history of how God interacted with his people through the patriarchs of the past to call, deliver, and even redeem them from their own folly of their own sin. He also tells the council of harsh realities that God does not reside in temples. But he resides in heaven. For the Lord, the, his, the earth is his footstool, and he is the creator of all things. He gives a message of outlining the Jews rejecting God and putting the prophets to death in the Old Testament. And they're the ones who foretold the coming of Jesus as the just one. In verses 51 through 53 of, cha- of chapter 7, Stephen accuses them being, of being stiff-necked and uncircumcised in hearts and ears and resisting the Holy Spirit. The first thing, though, that does in the beginning of his address is he speaks about the call of Abraham, which tells that the patriarch was brought out of Mesopotamia and he then dwelt with his father in Haran. When his father died, God told him to get out of his country and from his relatives and come to the land that I will show you. Verse 3. God makes Abraham the beginning of all nations and he promises him an inheritance of land which he and his descendants shall have after him. Acts chapter 7, verse 4. God gives them the foreign land that they will live in and foretells Abraham of the four years of bondage, which is to come, and that is in Acts 7, 5. Now, interestingly enough, just as a side note to that, God is telling Abraham about the four years of bondage, so he's already telling Abraham about Moses. Think about that for a moment. God makes a covenant of circumcision so that he and his wife would bear Isaac. And then Isaac was circumcised on the eighth day, eighth day after his birth. From Isaac came Jacob, and through Jacob the twelve patriarchs were born and lived. Acts chapter 7 verse 8. 
In Acts chapter 7, verses 9 through 16, Stephen continues his address and turns to Joseph. And he tells the story of how Joseph was sold into bondage in Egypt, but he gained favor and wisdom with the Pharaoh of Egypt. And when the great plague came to Egypt in Canaan, Joseph's father, Jacob, sent his sons to Egypt to get, get grain from them. And this is where they came in contact with Joseph, who was now in charge of all, all the grain and all the uh, over, he was an overseer. Though his brothers did not know it at the time that this was Joseph. The second time that they visited, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and the entire family of Jacob was made known to the Pharaoh of Egypt. Now the family of Jacob then moves to Egypt. Jacob dies there and is carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb of Abraham. Acts chapter 7, verses 17 through 36. Now Stephen turns the story to Moses. He was a prince, but when he was 40, he came to understand the, the children of Israel, and he saw their wrong suffering and avenged them, who, those who were oppressed, when he struck down the Egyptian, in verse 24 of Acts 7. Moses then flees to Midian, where he has two sons, and when 40 years passed, God came to Moses in a burning bush. Acts 7, verses 29 through 30. Now Stephen quotes Exodus 3, 6 through 8, and then verses 10 and, verse, and 16, when he says, and then he quotes this from verse, Acts 7, verses 31 through 34, when he says, When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight. And as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for thy place where thou standest is holy ground. I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning, and am come down to deliver them. And now I come, I will send thee into Egypt. Stephen now tells them that there were those who rejected uh, Moses, and he was sent there to deliver them. And then they later on reject by making a false idol. But he does, on the way, in the 40 years he's in the desert, he shows them, by bringing them out of Egypt, the wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, the Red Sea, and in the wilderness. Acts chapter 7, verses 37 through 43, Stephen relates uh, to the people of Israel that while in the wilderness, these, and at Mount Sinai, these people re rebelled against God. Stephen tells what Moses told the people of Israel as he relayed this in Acts seven thirty-seven. The Lord your God will raise up a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. This is another little side note there. I mean, it's very clear that that's what, what he's telling these people and Moses is that this prophet that comes be one in Jesus Christ. That he says, him you, you shall hear. Now Stephen recounts uh, in the story of Moses how Aaron makes an idol while Moses is receiving Ten Commandments. Now Aaron... And those with him sacrificed the idol and the works of their own hands. You can find that in Acts 7.41. Acts 7.44-60. Stephen speaks to the council of the Sanhedrin about Joshua, who brought the Jews in the land promised by God to Moses. Moses was not able to enter because he showed anger. He got, he got angry. If you remember, he hit the, his rod and he struck the rock and water came out. And thus... God would not allow, uh, allow Moses to enter the promised land. This was a land that was, by the way, it was possessed by Gentiles. They were called Canaanites. 
and God drove them out, and they held the land until the time of David. David's son, Solomon, built the temple. And here is where Stephen makes the distinction that God does not reside in temple, but that his throne is heaven and earth is his footstool. He says that God asks where his place is to rest. God And Stephen makes the point that God speaks that his hand has made all these things. And when he Stephen says that, he's quoting Psalms 102.25. When the council hears these things, they were cut to the heart and gnashed at Stephen with their teeth. And Stephen looks up heavenly and sees a door open to the glory of God, with Jesus standing at the right hand of his heavenly Father. Sanhedrin and the people there cried out and ran towards him, cast him out of the city, and stoned him. They stoned Stephen. Then they laid his clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Acts chapter 7, verses 57 through 60. And now we turn to Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. The opening of chapter 8 tells us about Saul, because we just had a, new, a slight introduction to Saul at the very end of chapter 7. Now we're going to get to know him. Who is this man? Saul. And it says that right there in the beginning of 8, it says he was behind the stoning of Stephen. And he was also behind the persecution of the church, the Christians in Jerusalem. Saul had dragged people out of every house, every man and woman, committing them to prison. Verse 2. Those that were scattered now and were everywhere preaching the word. Philip went to Samaria and preached Christ to them. Those in Samaria heeded what Philip taught and through the miracles which he had done. Acts chapter 8 verse 5. Stephen went about cleaning unclean spirits and those that were possessed. He healed many of those who were paralyzed and lame. Acts chapter 8 verse 7. And then the story kind of turns from there. It kind of rotates away from from Stephen, Saul, and, and, and Philip, and it goes to another person in that same chapter, chapter 8, verses 9 to 25, and it's labeled the sorcerer, because there was a certain man in chapter, and this is chapter 8, verses 9 to 25, named Simon, who saw the miracles performed by Stephen, then the apostles who came and laid hands on them that received the Holy Spirit. This same uh, Simon wanted to have the powers which they had. And what he wanted, the powers which came through Stephen and the apostles. The problem was, in verse 19, that he offers them money in order to get the power, which he observed from the, the Holy Ghost, healing people who were lame and paralyzed and casting out demons. Here is where Peter steps up and reproves Simon and tells him, his money will perish with him and the gift of God cannot be purchased with money. Acts chapter 8 verse 20. Peter tells Simon that he has no part or portion in this matter and that his heart is not in the right place. Chapter 8, verse 21. Now Peter calls upon Simon to repent of his wickedness and to be forgiven. Acts chapter 8, verse 22. Then he tells Simon in verse 23, For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Now at this point, Simon got to his knees and asked Peter to pray to God for him so that his sin will that was exposed will not be his condemnation through God. Verse 24. We rotate again from Simon and go back to Philip, to Philip in chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. You see, we're kind of rotating back and forth between different little story sets. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. Philip preaches the gospel and baptizes an Ethiopian. Now an angel of the Lord speaks to Philip and tells him to go south on the road, which leads from Jerusalem to Gaza where it turns into the desert. Verse 28. There come to Jerusalem an Ethiopian eunuch who was under great authority by Candace, an Ethiopian queen. He was in charge of all her treasury and he came to worship in Jerusalem. 
And as he was on his chariot, he was reading Isaiah chapter 53. Now the Lord tells Philip to go and sit with him in his chariot. So he comes back up to Jerusalem. He draws near him and can hear him reading. And then he asks if he understands what he is reading. Acts chapter 8 verse 30. The Ethiopian responds that he needs someone to guide him or else he would not be able to understand it. The eunuch says that this is, a, this is being spoken about and Philip uh, then, he senses what he's reading but he doesn't understand the depth of what he's reading. And so Philip preached Jesus to him. And yet the eunuch asks what prevents him from being baptized. Philip tells him to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and then he can be baptized. Whereas the eunuch who professes faith in and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and Philip baptizes him. Now when they come up out of the water, the Lord caught Philip away, so the eunuch saw him no more, and the eunuch went away rejoicing. Acts chapter 8, verse 36 through 39. So where did Philip go? Well, Philip was taken away to Astos. Passing through there, he preached the gospel all the way until he reached the, the city of Caesarea. And now that little vignette of a story now changes again, because now we, we begin chapter 9, now we begin to go more in depth with, uh, with Saul and his conversion, which occurs in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. Saul is a Pharisee. He's a Jewish Pharisee. He was raised that way. He's going to Damascus to find out where, if there are any of those who are practiced. And this is what they called it back then. They called it the way, with designs of persecuting them. He wanted to persecute these people. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. While on the road to Damascus, a light shone around him from heaven that made him fall to the ground. A voice from heaven said to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Paul said, Who are you, Lord? The voice said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. It is hard to kick against the gold. Paul asked him what he wanted him to do. And Jesus tells him to go to the city, and he will be told what to do. Now when the light came, and, and, he, and he fell to the earth, Saul became blinded. Therefore, those who were with him had to lead him by the hand, and he was without sight for three days, and did not eat or drink. Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 19. Ananias is visited by the Lord in a vision, and tells him to go to the road called Straight, to the home of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. There he is praying. Now, Saul, when he's praying, he's already blind, and he's at, his eyes are closed, but he sees a vision of a man named Ananias putting his hands on him so that he would receive his sight. The Lord tells Ananias to heal Saul, who will become a vessel of the Lord, preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. Ananias goes to the house where Saul is at, lays hands upon him, praying in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, and telling him to be healed and filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately the scales fell from Saul's eyes. He was baptized, given food, and spent many days in Damascus with the disciples. Acts chapter 9, verses 20 through 30. Saul preaches Christ and then escapes death to Jerusalem. Saul immediately preaches about Christ in the synagogues and is that he is the Son of God. Now Saul, as, day, as days went by, increased more in strength and teaching and, and boldness in the gospel of Jesus Christ. However, after many days, the Jews plotted to, to kill him. Their plot became known to Saul. While they watched the walls with guards, and there was, these are guards from the temple, the disciples led him down the wall in a large basket. Saul went to Jerusalem and tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid. They did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, and told the apostles what happened on the road to Damascus, and how he preached boldly there in the name of Jesus. Barnabas told the apostles that he taught 
the Lord Jesus to the Hellenists when they attempted to kill him. And you got to remember too that in this time, this is in the this is after Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension, some years after. And the people are there in the synagogues. They're, while they're Jewish, they're becoming what the, the word there is Hellenized. They're in other words are being influenced by Hellenization, which means Greek, a Greek style of life, the Greek art, the Greek music, the everything that. That's why they call. That's why in Acts it calls them the Hellenists. Now, when the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him to Tarsus. And there you have a good description of Saul and what happened to him. And then the story turns to Peter, in the latter part, and the at the latter part and end of Acts chapter nine, verses thirty-two through forty-three. Now Peter went through all the parts of the country, went down, he came with all the saints to Lydia. Here he finds a man named Ananias who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. Peter tells him, Jesus the Christ heals you. Make your bed and walk. The man was immediately healed. And all those in Lydia and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. At Joppa, because he traveled to Joppa, there was a certain woman named Tabitha, who was known, also known as Dorcas, who had uh, done good works and charitable deeds. Dorcas got sick and died. And since Lydia is near Joppa, where the disciples were, they heard that Peter was there, so they sent two men. In the upper room where they washed and laid the body, there were many widows weeping, showing tunics and garments which Dorcas had made for them. Then Peter put them all in the, out of the room and commanded, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Peter gave her his hand, lifted her up, and presented her to the widows to show that she was indeed alive again. This became all known in Joppa, and those and many believed in Joppa in the Lord. They turned the Lord. Peter stayed there many days in Joppa with Simon the Tanner. That's all for today's podcast. I hope you will join us next week for part five, Acts, the history of the early church. My earnest prayer is that this podcast has helped you in understanding the Bible better, strengthening your faith, and will encourage you to spend time reading and studying the Word. If you live in Lorraine County, we would love to have you come and join us at Lorraine Full Gospel Church. We are located at 1900 West 19th Street in Lorraine, Ohio. Until the next podcast, if it's God's will, richly bless you and keep you. This has been a presentation of Plugged Into Christ with your host, pastor, and teacher, William Polis. This is a production of Plugged Into Christ, a podcast sponsored through Rain Full Gospel Church.